Hello everyone, my name is Pastor Jim and I am so excited to have you join us here for another wonderful message here at Innovation Church. We had one of our very own evangelist Tamika Mahomes give us such a wonderful message this Sunday. We know it blessed us and it will bless you too. This message is entitled God's Not Through With You Yet. It was such a wonderful blessing to us and if you feel like you're blessed by this message we hope you share with a friend but without further ado here is the message God's not through with you yet Lord and we ask that you move yes God yes God well my name is sister Tamika Mahomes and I am blessed to stand before you once again and I'm just so glad that God has blessed me to stand right here right now and I'm excited about this word I'm excited because I've been studying all week and God has been speaking to me and the things that he has shown me in this message it encouraged me so if it doesn't encourage you it encouraged me and that's enough that's enough I'm just so, so thankful to be here. God is good. God is good. I could have been anywhere else, but thank God that he placed me right here, right now. Amen. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. I'm going to ask that you stand with me as we prepare to read today's scripture and go before the Lord in prayer. We're going to pray first. I ask that all hearts and minds are cleared and directed towards the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this service, God. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. We thank you for the ways that you are going to move, Lord God. We ask you to move in your way. We ask you to move according to your will, Lord God. And we ask that your will be done in this service, even right now, Lord God. I pray and ask that you use me. God, I don't deserve to be standing here right now, but thank you, God, that you chose me me to speak this word and I ask Lord God that not I be glorified but you be glorified in this place Lord God because it's all about you Lord God I decrease right now and ask that you increase in me Lord God I ask that this word go forth the way that you want it to go not the way that I plan it God have your way in this service and have your way in me in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to ask that you remain standing and please turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 21. John 21. And when you have it, just shout a quick amen. 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 John 21. Beginning with verse 1. And I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version. And the word of God says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias and on the wise showed he himself. They were together, Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymaeus and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee, the two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, 
I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, come on, somebody say in the morning. (laughs) When the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him, no. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship. And ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's net coat, his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. You may be seated as I prepare to transition into today's message, which is titled, He's Not Done With You Yet. He's Not Done With You Yet. You see, as we arrive in today's passage, we see Jesus appearing once again to the disciples. If you look down at verse 14, it says this is the third time he appeared to the disciples. But the thing is, is that this interaction is a little bit different because this passage, you see, it has a focus on one specific disciple, Peter. Peter, the same Peter who walked with Jesus during his ministry, the same Peter that was with Jesus just a few chapters ago and proclaimed to him in John 13, 37, Lord, I'll follow you. Lord, I'll lay down my life for you. And after that, Jesus warned him, my son, you're going to betray me. And if you continue on, you see that this is the same Jesus who betrayed Jesus three times before the cock crowed. That same Jesus we see here is facing what deems to be his failure head on. The last interaction that Peter had with Jesus is also when he betrayed Jesus. When Peter was sold the shot that the Bible says he left and he wept bitterly, he was distraught. So when we come to John 21, we see Peter's response to Jesus was to run. But Jesus's response was to call him back to him. And when you go down to verse 12, you see that Jesus says, come and dine with me. Yes, that included the same Peter that just betrayed him as long as as, as well as the other disciples. He said, "Come and dine with me. I got to talk to you about something here." And as I was studying this text, I was reminded that we often find ourselves in the same situation. We find ourselves in a position where we may not have denied Christ with our words. 
but we deny him with our actions. We deny him because we get in situations and we get around people and we begin to compromise the truth that is within us. We begin to have conversations and to entertain things that are contrary to the word that God has spoken over our lives. That's where we find Peter. We find ourselves in a position, we're in, we're in a prison of being comfortable because we're trying to make everybody around us feel okay. We want to appeal to this world more than we want to appeal to Jesus. And that's where we find Peter. And you know, it's hard to admit it, but you know, our connections and our surroundings, we go into these places hoping to influence people and they end up influencing us. If you read in Luke 22, beginning with verse 54, you see that Peter, right before the betrayal, he was surrounded with people. But the thing you might not realize is that he was surrounded by unbelievers. He was surrounded by people that live contrary to the word of God. They didn't believe in this Jesus. They were there to see him get crucified. And when Peter got around these people, he began to compromise his truth. He began to compromise. He forgot about the, the walk that he just got done walking with Jesus. He forgot about the devotion. He forgot about the prayer. He forgot about all of that in a brief moment because of who he was surrounded around. There's a saying, you can be with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. You, you think, okay, I could go into this situation and I can influence these people and I can make sure that I stand strong. But I'm here to tell you, if you're not rooted and grounded the way that you need to be rooted and grounded, you will quickly compromise what you believe in. You'll compromise it. And it's not to tell you that you're, you're, you're not a Christian or you don't follow God, but sometimes we get in situations and we begin dumbing down or, or watering down what we believe in. And that's what Peter does in Luke chapter 22. He's compromising what he believes in. And there's a scripture in the Bible in Psalm 1 and 1 that says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. You see, the more you meditate in that word, the more you meditate and draw closer to God, the more that you allow him to pour into you, the easier it'll be when you get around people to stand in the truth of what you believe and who you are serving. We're always surrounded with people that don't believe in God. But that doesn't mean that we have to give in to what they believe. We don't have to. If people, if people can boldly live for the world, why can't we boldly live for Christ? Why can't we boldly live for Christ? 
It was just a few weeks ago, one of my coworkers was asking me a question about God and about my relationship with God. And I thought to myself, and I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I thought to myself, how can I say this so I don't offend her? How can I say this so that I don't make her uncomfortable? And I said to God, I said, God, just use me. Allow me not to be ashamed. Allow me not to worry about making somebody uncomfortable. And I went and I boldly said what I believe. I didn't compromise it. I didn't dumb it down because I believe in God. And God calls me to live for him. You know, when we get around people, they can cause us to slip or to stumble back into things we believe. If if you have a problem with alcohol and you're not strong enough in your walk to go surround yourself with people who are drinking alcohol, then don't do it. Because you don't want to walk into a place where people are going to influence you to compromise what you believe. Amen? If... I've learned if we're not rooted and grounded in the truth of who God is and what he's done. And if we are in a space where we can live unashamed, we find ourselves in a position of vulnerability. We're seeking to make others happy. We're seeking to make others comfortable. But the truth is the message of Christ. It's not meant to make people comfortable it's not meant to make everybody happy the truth is is that this word is going to offend some people this word is going to make some people think i don't want to hang around you you believe in that jesus stuff it's not meant to attract everybody it's not and i know us as christians we want to believe that you know everybody needs you yes everybody needs jesus but not everybody's going to accept him they're going to find that one verse in the, in the Bible that says, well, well, this is telling me to do something that I, this is telling me not to do something that I do every day. Yeah. It's offensive. It's uncomfortable. And it causes people, you know, to want to be separated from you. And the truth is God calls us to be separated from this world. Just like Pastor Mahomes preached last week, this walk It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you to be uncomfortable. It's going to cost you not to have all of the friends in the world. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to agree with you. But God calls us to boldly live this thing out. So I want to go back here. Go back to John 21. And go to verse 15, because when we get to this point in the text, we begin to see a shift take place. (laughs) We see a shift take place. Verse 15 says, so when they die. Well, I hope you're enjoying the message so far. God's not through with you yet. Hey, again, if you're enjoying this message, and I know you are, we hope that you share it with a friend. And also, please don't forget to click the subscribe button down below and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you here at Innovation Church. Well, back to this wonderful message. God's not through with you yet. And Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, 
lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto them, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto them him a third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. And I want to ask you go down with me to verse 19 where it says, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he has spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. We see here, Jesus is asking Peter about his love. And if you look down to verse 17, you see Peter beginning to get a little frustrated. He's like, Jesus, you just asked me two other times, do I love you? Yeah, I love you. But but you got to see what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is saying you got to translate those words into action. Jesus asked Peter a, a, a question, and then he gives him a commandment. And when you read all through the Bible, you see these statements. They're called conditional statements, if-then statements. If you love me, you will do what? Keep my commandments. There's a statement with the if. If you do this, then there's a result to that action. So we see here Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, if you love me, what? You're going to feed my sheep. If you love me. He didn't say, if you love me, you're going to say it with your words. He didn't say, if you love me, you're going to go do this and do that. He said, Peter, if you love me, you're going to translate it to action. And the funny thing about us Christians is that we try to use those same conditional statements on, on God. God, if you bless me with this car, I promise you I'll go to church every single Sunday. God, if you bless me with this job, I promise I'll tithe every single week. If you do this, then I'll do that. But the thing is, it doesn't work like that. It works like this. If Jesus died for you, then you will obey his commandments. How about it doesn't matter what the situation looks like. You're going to learn to bless him anyways. Jesus died on the cross for you. He died on the cross for me. And guess what? That's enough. There doesn't need to be a then. There doesn't need to be a but. There doesn't need to be an and. There's nothing after it. Jesus died for you. And guess what? If God doesn't do another thing for you, he's already done enough. Love does not have conditions the greek translation of the word love is agape and it means sacrificial redemptive love it's love in its highest form so we see jesus asking peter 
to translate his love into sacrifice. Sacrifice what makes you comfortable. This is the same G this is the same Peter that just denied Jesus. And it's the same Peter that Jesus is saying, now I want you to go preach my gospel and I want you to go feed my sheep. He says, I want you to feed my lambs, which a lamb is a baby sheep. So he said, I want you to feed them when they're young and I want you to feed them when they're old. I want you to make sure you feed my children. Feed them. The Bible says they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We got to stop saying, God, we love you and not translating that love into action. If you love God, do what he tells you to do. Be obedient to where he's calling you to go. Stop hiding under comfort. Stop hiding under what makes you feel good. And start saying, God, because I love you, I'm going to do what you call me to do. And like I said, we, we switch that on God. And that's not the way. That it works because God has already done enough. Yes, yeah, Jesus is saying to Peter, I've already made my sacrifice. It's time for you to make yours. It's time for you to make yours. Go and feed my sheep. I don't know what God is calling you to do, but whatever God is calling you to do, it's time for you to stop running. It's time for you to stop running. And I know you might be reading this text thinking, well, it seems like Jesus wanted, wanted Peter to prove himself. No, that's not it. Jesus wanted to show Peter, Peter, I still love you. Peter, I know you just betrayed me. Peter, I know you just did the opposite of my word. But Peter, I'm still going to use you. Peter, I still got a purpose for you. Peter, I still got a plan for you. Peter, it's not over yet. He said, Peter, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. And what we see here is we see Jesus is confronting Peter because he knew what Peter did. He knew how Peter felt. But in this very moment, he says to Peter, I know you messed up, my son. I know you've fallen short, but I want you to know you're still called. I want you to know that you're still chosen. I want you to know that I still have a purpose for you. I'm here to tell you today that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. I don't care if the world has written you off. I don't care if people told you you'll amount to nothing. God is not done with you yet. As long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still walking on this earth, God's not done with you. We got to stop running from him. We got to stop writing ourselves off when God didn't write us off yet. He wasn't done with Peter. And the thing is, is that if we allow it to, shame and guilt it can stop us from moving into what God has for us and if 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 Peter would have sat there and truly reflected on what he done he did he might have said to himself but God you can't use me I know you're sitting here telling me you've forgiven me I know you're sitting here telling me I have another chance but this is what I did 
And isn't that how it happens with us? God tells us that he forgives us, but we think of all the ways that God still can't use us. When God has already said to us, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. I have chosen you. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. We sin, we mess up, and we fall short. But the confrontation that Jesus gave Peter was because he loved him. And when Jesus confronts you, it's because he loves you. There's a quote by Christopher Hitchens that says, there can be no progress without hand-on confrontation. It's not about making you feel bad. It's, It's not about making you feel wrong. It's about God loves you enough to challenge you to grow always. In this text, he is challenging Peter, Peter, I know you betrayed me, but you're not a kid no more. Peter, you're not a babe in the faith no more. It's time for you to rise up. You need to to feed my sheep. Jesus said, Peter, I'm not only going to forgive you, but I'm going to use you. Peter, you're going to lead people to me. Peter, I'm going to build my church upon you. He, Peter, I'm not done with you yet. And I come to tell you guys today that God is not done with you yet. I don't know your story. I don't know your testimony. I don't need to know. The only one that needs to know is God. But I'm here to tell you, you got to stop running from your process and start understanding that it's part of the promise. You can't get to the promise if you're not willing to go through the process. Jesus knew Peter's flaws. Jesus knew Peter's failures, but he loved him anyways. And I know you might be thinking, I got all these flaws. I got all these shortcomings. I got all these things that I've done wrong. But the truth is, God can turn your mess into a message. Peter's response, you you see, Peter's initial response was to what? He jumped in the sea. He ran. He ran, but Jesus said, come to me. He said, come and down with me. I got to talk to you about something for a minute. Come here, Peter. Come here, Peter. I still got a plan for you, Peter. I still got a purpose for you, Peter. I'm not done with you yet, Peter. I need you, Peter. I need you, Peter. We got to stop running from our process. And start walking in it. Walk in it. Stop trying to get through the test so quickly. And start saying, God, how can I honor you in this test? God, how can I bring glory to you in this test? God, how can I grow in this test? Because, God, I need you to help me. God, I know that this thing I'm going through, this confrontation that I feel like I'm in with you, it's because you're trying to grow me. I'm not, God's not done with you yet. God is confronting you. God is showing you the things that you're doing because God is saying, I want you to go higher. Peter was used by God. And God wants to use you too. We have to stop allowing failure to count us out. But we need to let our failures 
draw us closer to God. Peter's failure said, it's over for me. I'm done. God can't use me. But God said, Peter, I'm not done with you yet. We got to stop running from God. We got to stop running from the process. And we have to understand that this process is meant to grow us. Peter came a long way from the betrayal to the time he was helping to build the church in Acts. Peter grew. But if he didn't let that confrontation, if he didn't face that confrontation head on, where would Peter have been? That confrontation grew him. It developed him. It helped him to be the man that God was calling him to be. God saw Peter's potential. He didn't let his shortcomings stop him from using him. He said, you're still my son. He's saying today, you're still my son. You're still my daughter. And I know you may have strayed from me. I know you may have walked away. But come back. Come back here because I got to talk to you about something. I'm not done with you yet. God's purpose in your life will be fulfilled. He's calling you back to him. Stop running. Stop running. And learn to walk in what God has for you. I know it's easy to feel like when you mess up and you fall short, that's it. It's over. But God says it's not over. We see right in this text. If Peter, who walked with Jesus directly, denied him three times and Jesus still used him, what makes you think that God can't use you? I just want to encourage you today, no matter where you're at in life, and you may be saying, well, Sister Tamika, I'm not in that season right now. I'm good. You might get there. You probably will get there. There's going to be a time when you're going to do something. We're human. But I come to remind you today that God's not done with you yet. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the way that you've moved in this service. And we thank you for the reminder that you are not done with us yet. Our story is still being written. Our destiny is still being fulfilled. God, allow us to not give up in the process, but allow us to trust you. Allow us to let you work in and through us, Lord God. And allow us to remember that you love us. And because you love us, you're going to help us grow. You're going to help us develop. You're going to let us go through these things so that we can come out on the other side closer to you. Lord God, we confess our sins right now and ask for forgiveness, Lord God. And anybody who may be struggling right now with feeling like they're not enough, allow this message to remind them that even though they've fallen, even though they've messed up, you're not done with them yet. God, we give you all praise, Lord, all honor and all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, I hope you enjoyed that message as much as we did here at Innovation Church. It definitely encouraged and inspired our church on that Sunday. Well, 
If you love this message and you want to hear more messages like this, just click that subscribe button down below and please leave a comment. We love to hear from you. Or you can go to Innovation Church's website at incforyou.org. That's incforyou.org. And also make sure you go over and look at the website for Flourish and Purpose. Make sure you view the Flourish and Purpose website for additional content like what you've heard today. Well, again, we want to thank you for tuning into this particular podcast here at Innovation Church. And from myself, Pastor Jim, and the Innovation family, we want to say we love you and your story. It does matter. Have a blessed day.